Welcome to Radio Boomers Live, the show about all things human from a baby boomer's perspective. All things hot and all things not. News, reviews, interviews, chat, text, and what's next. And here are your hosts, Risa Gray from Betty White's Off Their Rockers and Easy's dad, Jim Zuli. Good morning, Radio Boomers Live listeners around the world. Good morning to our Easy Way family and to our celebrity host, Risa Gray. Risa, are you on with us? Good morning, good morning, good morning. There she is, always on time, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Reese, I don't know how you do it, but... <laughs> oh, believe me, I I so was not on time this morning. I am still so not together this morning, but uh, I'm here. Well, this is going to be good. This is going to be good because I was scrambling at the last minute going like, oh, preparing all this stuff, and I thought, I looked over and I'm thinking, oh, okay, it's time to start the show in 10 seconds. <laughs> uh Okay. Oh, well, there was almost nobody on the line then, apparently, <laughs> oh, because we were Nothing. neck and neck here. <laughs> we, absolutely. You know, I I was talking to our guest, and I looked over. I thought we, I had like 15, 20 minutes, but, you know, fast time goes by. And then I'm looking out, waiting for this big rainstorm that we're supposed to be having, and, it, which I'm here. not ready for. It's, a, it, it, it's in L.A. It we is. Got it. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's one of the things I think I was listening to the raindrops and enjoying my morning. And then I said, oh, my God. (laughs) Well, see, Reese and Mike. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we have, uh, you know, there's there's so much, so much, so much going on. Uh, We have the, uh, and we want to say congratulations to Andy McPhee's son, uh, son Cody, uh, was nominated for the Oscar situation and uh Matt J. Dallas movie and uh in the making journeyman okay that's starring Eric with uh Matt and Trey Matt uh, Trey Ireland uh Raster Michaels and Dante Sears this is going to be exciting and uh the Hollywood Weekly going to come in maybe I'll see you there the uh the magazine uh Grammy event there April 3rd so that's in your neck of the woods Reese so maybe we'll see you over there I'll uh that's possible. Yeah, you have to give me an update. Yeah, I mean it's always good when Easy Way comes to Hollywood. Always a good time. So I guess Reese, it's time for our hot top commercial, then our hot topics. Hot top? No, hot topic first before the commercial. Hot topic first, then the ripped from the headlines. Today's hot topic. Well, they finally found a way to to just spice up the Oscars again. Have an A-lister <laughs> slap an A-lister after being insulted by the to after an insult of the A-lister's wife. It was wild last night. They were totally out of control in Hollywood. Apparently, Chris, I'm gonna. Hope for the best and think that Chris Rock didn't know how in poor taste and insulting his joke would be about Jada Pickett Smith. And he made a a joke about calling her, you know, he was waiting for the movie G.I. Jane to come out, G.I. Jane 2 to come out. And Will kind of laughed at the beginning, but the look on Jada's face. 
I mean, homegirl was upset. They turned the camera back on Chris, and next thing we know, Will Smith walking up on the stage and wacko. I mean, he slapped him good. I got to say, though, Chris was smaller, but he, he, he was strong. He didn't go down. And he kept on saying, whoa. I mean, it was, it was very unusual for Oscar activity. So instead of the intention being on CODA being the first uh, sign language movie to win an Oscar, regardless of who won, even Will won the Best Acting Award about 40 minutes later, none of this, none of this was the headline. The headline is Chris Rock. And Will Smith duking it out on the Oscar stage. People are taking sides. Chris isn't going to press charges, suppose, allegedly. People were comforting Will. People are standing up and saying, yes, Will was right to defend his wife. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the reality was it was violence. It was violence on the screen. And it was not scripted. It was not a movie. It was real life. I don't know if that's the publicity that anybody wanted. I want to hear Chris, Chris's side of it. I think maybe he just didn't know she had alopecia or he had forgotten. And he was just being off the cuff and it was just a bad move. Will, on the other hand, willfully walked up and slapped a man on international TV. We'll see how this is going to play out. And unfortunately, like I said, all the the firsts that were happening at the Oscars last night were overshadowed by bad behavior by two adult men. What can I tell you? That's my uh, hot topic for this morning. Jim, what's your hot topic? Well, Dow slips past 8 as uh, 8% as oil prices are falling. As Shanghai triggers demand fears uh, due to lockdown. China is the largest oil importer. As for our wallet, well, gas prices rise and fall with the price of crude oil. It's uh, prices at the pump determined primarily by, as we all know, supply and demand. And uh, we're looking at, uh, for a lot of people, overall, this could be about 2000 a year you're spending extra in gas uh, because, you know, I've got a small car and it's you know, maybe 45 fill tank now. It's almost 65 and Will Smith's confrontation, yes, Reza went over that. Uh, he walked on stage and gave him Chris Rock a smack and, uh, for making the comment uh, about Will's wife, uh, you know, the hair loss situation, and uh, she has that alopecia. And, uh, and then he shouted out, uh, keep my wife's name out of it, uh, bleep out of it, you know. And unfortunately, this never-before-confrontation kind of overshadowed the long-held Oscar dreams. But, you know, come on, Will, what you do in a situation like that is you, if you want to yell something out, it's like, let's keep my wife out of this or something in that category and then see what happens. Uh, but even then, you don't want to go up and do something like that. You know, it's not uh, – it, it, see, the thing is you got to think of other people because, you know, you, you overshadowed the Oscars there. And so uh, U.S. population growth just dropped to an all-time low last year. Uh, we had a, only 393,000. That's that's a drop. So severe weather Tuesday night. Uh, 
Texas has got to, if you're planning on going to Texas, keep your eyes open there. we got some big storms. Zelensky in the Ukraine is uh, willing to discuss neutrality at the upcoming talks and, you know, held with Russia and Turkey. Uh, Ukraine is not willing to give up any of its territory, although the Russian army is uh, not doing well. And they're taking towns and they're losing uh, some of the stuff, some of the areas they take. And uh, basically, there's a lot of problems there. They're having a lot of setbacks, low morale. They were told that they're going in to fight the Nazis, and there's no Nazis. Okay, Nazis were gone a long time ago, and uh, and they were told, uh, you know, a lot of stuff. And when they got in there, it wasn't coming to fruition. They were just doing, I mean, the comments the soldiers are making, like, this is a blank war. In other words, this is no good. We this, They're saying they shouldn't be here. And so the... The the will and determination is not there. It is on the other side, and there's the Ukrainians are coming in. They're taking their families out of country, and they're coming back. And even some cases, the the wives are staying to fight, and people are coming from all over the world to fight. And two of the reasons, uh, well, let's just take one, uh, is the yachts, the big expensive yachts. That's one of the reasons that the Ukraine army is having a as having a hard time and another reason is tires and how does that come into play well billions of dollars that were supposed to go in you have to when an army is not at war they have thousands of pieces of equipment sitting well these pieces of equipment cannot sit they have to be constantly maintained you got to drive them around you got to check the tires tires is a big thing and what's happened is a lot of this money that was going in there was being taken away and given to these wealthy people to buy mega $100 million yachts. <laughs> and the, it was being channeled all over to wealthy people instead of going in to maintain all that stuff. And that's the situation. There. That was a lot more news. But, uh, you know, the tires were going bad, so they couldn't get off the road. They were having flat tires everywhere, and the armies couldn't move. So, anyway, uh, there's a lot more stuff. Biden names to uh, boost the military social spending in the 2023. And uh, G7, uh, Germany rejects the uh, the ruble. Jim, the Jim you, say, you say you're done and you're not done. I'm done, Marie. Take Jim, the hook. Get, you, get you, you, like, you like a, a minister that says, add one more thing and then you're there one for more. one more minute. Marie, get the hook. Pull me off stage. I'm ready. I'm going to pull you off. It's commercial time. (laughs) Imagine a social network that's based on quality members over quantity, where you can easily find the qualified leads you're looking for, where members treat each other as family and promote each other's projects. Get interviewed, manage your business, and sell your product or service on our new EasyWay store. Let us do the promotional heavy lifting for you. We've created an all-in-one solution with all the tools you would ever need to promote you and your client's business, all accessible by one simple login. Social media done for you. Introducing the new 2022 EasyWay Network with our built-in wall of fame that helps you to search and find that profile you want to network with that matches your business needs while boosting your own notoriety at the same time. This year, we've made it even easier on you. Oh, did we mention you make money? 
Create your free account today by texting EASYWAY, that's letter E, letter Z, to 55678. Or visit EASYWAYNETWORK.COM. Got questions? Give us a call at 424-209-9290. The professional speaking industry is a multi-billion dollar industry and the religious speaking industry is even larger. Yet both of these industries miss out on billions of dollars of sales and donations every year. They are desperately seeking ways to increase their revenue during events, immediately after events, as well as weeks later. They need a way of directly communicating with their audience during and after their speeches or sermons in order to achieve more connection and engagement. Text Me Leads answers this need with their unique use of technology and service. Text Me Leads enables all types of speakers to communicate directly with their audience during and after events. This dramatically increases immediate and long-term engagement. Text Me Leads even allows sales and contributions to happen during an event, which is when audiences feel most connected and that's when they're most likely to buy. Text Me Leads, the missing link between speakers and their buying audience. Visit EasyWayText.com to get started today. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Text me leads and brain tap. This is this is some amazing stuff and uh, technology that goes into that and many, many years of checking all this stuff out, research. So our guest today, Dr. Abawi Mahadi, is uh, a very, we have a very interesting guest coming on today. He worked with, uh, if any of you remember, there was a boxer. He was popular. He was pretty popular. Reef, you might remember Muhammad Ali. Originally, he was Cassius Clay. And uh, absolutely. And then he uh, and Doctor Doctor Mahadi had uh, worked with. I think it was about 13 years, from 1981 to 1993. He was his confidant, right hand man, and uh, he wrote a book, uh, Muhammad Ali: The Untold Story. And a very intelligent man. I met him in uh, Newport. Uh, uh, we had a, we actually ate at a healthy restaurant. Reese, you're not going to believe I went there. But uh, <laughs> let's see. If, let's see if he's tuned in here. Doctor Mahadi, are you on with us? Yes, sir. How you doing? There today? he is. Hello, Doctor Mahadi. Uh, I want to introduce you to Reese Gray. Reese, Doctor Mahadi. Well, nice good you. morning. Nice to meet you. Yes, Risa was Betty White's co-host on Off the Rockers, and uh, I wanted to uh, just let you know that uh, you're on Radio Boomers Live, as you know, and it's like Eric shows, only in slow motion. So take a breath, sit back, and relax, because uh, usually one of us is off tune here somewhere, but uh, we'll try to stay on track to keep up with you here. So, Dr. Mahadi, it's nice talking to you again. I was just mentioning to Reese that uh, you and I had uh, met in Newport at a nice little restaurant that has healthy dining that I'm not used to. And uh, But that's that's your way of life, right? You eat healthy. Yes, but you, they say you are what you eat, and your medicine cabinet is in your, in your, in your kitchen. So say, huh? it. you're on my side. You are what you eat. So that makes me a Wendy's hamburger and a chocolate chip cookie. So I'm with you. <laughs> so, anyway, so I want to give you a lot of credit. You are, first off, you know, a very intelligent man with your education and, and what you've done in business and everything. 
you should give talks to youth, to youth people, and uh, and you know you you'd be an inspiration for them. And and then you wrote a book. So h- how did this all come about? I mean, it's not like we're talking about uh, you were with so and so and so and so. You were with one of the most famous boxers ever. And uh, how did you wind up coming across uh, Muhammad Ali, who was originally, like I said, Cassius Clay, to switch his name? How did that all come about? First of all, let me give you a little background information on myself. My relationship with Ali lasted for 13 years. Well, up to the day he died, really. But I worked with him for 13 years. I did over 400 promotions and traveled over 42 countries. And I lived and worked with Ali uh, close to 210 days out of a year. And most of that time, it was just Ali and I. So that's about 65 or 70,000 hours I spent with Ali. And they say you really don't know a man until you work with him and you live with him. And 10,000 hours is normally uh, for a truck driver, like a, a, a airline pilot. You normally put in 10,000 hours of anything. It makes you an expert. So I have over 65,000, 70,000 hours with Muhammad Ali. And uh, uh, by, by living and working with him, I know the, I know the, the interior of Muhammad Ali. But uh, the, the book that I wrote is about my relationship with Ali. And Ali is the one that told me to write the book. But he had, uh, he had promised, I made a promise to him that I would write the book. He wanted me to write the book after he passed away. And I told him that, I, first of all, I told him I didn't, wasn't a writer, but he said that, yeah, you're a writer, Marty, you just don't know it. But you, uh, So I did write the book after he passed away. And uh, this the untold, Muhammad Ali, the untold story, skin color cannot think or reason. I met with Ali yeah. in 1982, 1981, right after his, right, right before his last fight with Trevor Corbett. I met with him, and after his fight with Trevor Corbett, he, 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 he brought me in as his, business, as his business advisor. And one of the reasons why uh, he did that, I, when I, first time I met Ali, I was working on a, on a deal with Colonel Gaddafi. I was bringing technology transfer, doing technology transfer from, from America to, to African nations. And I was basically a gun Ali and told him that I've been working with Colonel Gaddafi for almost three years trying to develop a project. But Gaddafi went mad, went a little crazy. He said that he wanted to go to war with America at the time. And the American government uh, told me that I couldn't go back over because the, 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 the situation was that the relationship was not that good. So I came out. I had spent about three, two and a half years trying to develop a project with Gaddafi. And I spent over $100,000 trying to do this relationship. And I had ran out of funds, and uh, I was trying to, uh, I knew that in order for me to go to a more moderate country, Muslim country like Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, anybody in the Middle East, it was going to take at least two or three years and some additional funds. So I said, the only way I can get past the fact that I didn't have an addition that I ran out of funds and didn't have the time to develop a relationship, if I could just meet Muhammad Ali, talk to Ali, and tell Ali what I've been working on and what I'm trying to do, that Ali would, would, would get on a plane with me. So some people indicated to me that every Wednesday when Ali in the town, he would, have a, he would open up his office, 
for, for his fans. So we drove up from L.A., I mean from San Diego to L.A. We were the last one to get in line. And it was right there on Highland Avenue. And the line came out of the office building about two blocks long. And so we finally got in to see Ali, oh, about 6 o'clock that evening. It was late, and Ali people were pretty tired. They wanted to, obviously, his entourage, they wanted to go home. So when I walked in and talked to Ali, I was explaining to Ali that I had this technology transfer company. I had got SeaWorld at the time. I was taking SeaWorld. I wanted to take SeaWorld to Saudi Arabia. Uh, uh, I, wanted, I wanted to take a hospital, a brand, build a brand-new hospital for hospitalization, computer science, solar energy, uh, agriculture engineering. I had the, 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 whole, the whole department of uh, Cornell University, uh, agriculture department, and they had about $26 million worth of projects that they wanted to do. So each, each one of the wow. departments that I had, they had in the computer science, I had about $25, $20 million worth of computer science projects. So I gathered all these companies together. And I was taking them overseas. So when I was laying out my project, Ali, and Ali was saying, oh, man, I ain't never seen nothing like this. He said, you got to be the most intelligent man. That's Ali. That's the kid. I don't want you to get the wrong impression. I said, Mike, I don't know nothing about solar energy. I don't know nothing about agriculture energy. I said, all I'm doing is bringing the companies from America and I'm introducing them to uh, Saudi I said, I'm just a broker. And I said, so I don't, don't want you to get the impression that I, I'm some type of <laughs> Genius. I said, no, well, you're being honest. I don't care. That's you steal. Being honest. Yeah. He said, you steal. You, you steal uh, the smartest thing. He said, doing a project this big. And and then all of a sudden, this entourage was getting a little upset, I mean, a little jealous of Ali giving me all these compliments. So they told Ali, Ali, he's just a con man. He's just like all the rest of the guys. And all of a yeah. sudden, Ali, just, his attitude changed. And he said, yeah, I'm tired of giving Money fifty thousand dollars here, hundred thousand. I hadn't asked Ali for no money. All I was going to do is Ali. All I need you to do is get on the plane. I pay you your first class ticket. You get on the plane. Just fly to Saudi Arabia. Saudi Saudi government's going to give me a six million dollar uh, research and development project to continue my 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 my, uh, my business. I said, I give you a million dollars. And all of a sudden, they said I was I was a con artist. And Ali's attitude changed. I'm tired of giving people fifty thousand out here, hundred thousand out here. He just come. They said, "Teach him, champ. Straighten him out." And the louder they got, Ali got louder and louder. Then I told myself, "Oh, I've lost Ali now." The maze of all this, 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 this entourage. So I told Ali, yeah. Ali "You call me names. That's Ali. You and your entourage can go straight to hell." I said, "You, I come to you." As your brother, in the name of God, I'm asking you to help me do something. You call me all these names, uh, you know, and this and that. I said, I don't need, the, I don't need this. I said, you and your entourage should go to hell. I said, now, it's against my, you know, it's against Islam for, against my religion for me to be the aggressor. I said, I tell you what I'm going to do. Since I'm all of this and I'm all of that, I'm going to draw a regular line here. I said, the first person cross that line, I can say, I can defend myself. And I can fight to my death. I said, so I was, I'm pulling off my jacket. I'm saying a prayer, praying to God. To, I told God, I said, you can just bless me this, this day to manifest your power and your glory and let me 
killed at least it was about twenty of these guys in this entourage. Bless <laughs> me to kill yeah. at least ten of these ignorant sons, these ignorant hypocrites. Bless me to kill <laughs> at least seven or ten of them. I'd be satisfied. Now, and I, I said in my prayer, I said, God, I'm coming across the line. Nobody moved. I said, just what I thought, a bunch of cowards. So I went in my pocket. I had three or four hundred dollars. I threw the money across the room. I said, I was praying for you to come across, and I'm paying one of y'all to come across. Come across one at a time, but all y'all come at the same time. I said, I'm going to kick everybody's ass in here. I said, I God is going to save me for you for last. I'm going to hit you one time out of me. I'm going to literally knock the blank out of you. And nobody moved. So Ali said, Ali said, boy, I didn't put Sammy Liston, Joe Frazier, George Foreman, some of the baddest son of a gun on the planet Earth. He, he's a 180 pound son of a gun, talking about kicking my ass, and everybody here. He said, I'm looking at him. He actually wants to fight. He said, brother, I'm scared. He said, shit, I'm scared. I'm scared of him. He scared me. <laughs> he said, I apologize to you, brother. He said, uh, I should have, that was called you. You told me like it is. I said, Ali, you go to hell. I, I was picking on my packages off the floor. He said, brother, I just apologize to you in the name of God. He said, you know what you're supposed to do now. I said, you're right, Ali. I accept your apology. And as I'm accepting this, all that anger that I had in me is leaving my body. I said, okay, I'm saying this to you, Ali. I accept your apology. I said, but I just can't work with you. He said, no, brother. He put everybody out. He said, oh, y'all get out of here. He said, I want to talk to my brother. He said, this is my real brother. He told me, he said, why did nobody ever stood up for me? He said, from this point on, brother, he said, whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. And he said, we're going to be working that's, together for a long time, brother. And that's how my relationship with Ali. That's the beginning that's of a good friendship. And in yeah, my see. friendship, and I started doing, I think my first year of business, I told Ali I would do business with him, but I didn't care none about his management. It's attorneys. I said, look, this is a decent project that I'm working on. I said, I don't want your entourage to be involved in nothing I'm doing. And I started off with Ali, I think the first year I started off, and at the end of the year, I was doing 75, 82 of all Ali's business. And uh, from that point on, I was Ali's business manager. And I kept my business independent from his, from his uh, whatever somebody, anytime somebody else wanted, one of his friends or somebody wanted to do a business deal with Ali, I said, Y'all can do it. I told Ali, because they had to call me up to get Ali's schedule. That's how I became yeah. his manager. And I worked so, for him for 13 you know, years. And I put all my promotions, those were all my promotions that I went with Ali, 400 promotions, and I went to 42 countries. Went to the White House with Ali on several times. And, uh, uh, you know, and Kenneth Burns just did, just did a, a PBS uh, documentary on Ali. And he uh, indicated that was a few months ago. And it was Muhammad Ali's life complete biography on Ali from his birth to his death. And the critics came down on, uh, all the major reviews came down on Kenneth Byrne. They said, you did eight hours of Muhammad Ali's life, and you left. You only did 30 minutes of Ali's life after boxing. But he can only do 30 minutes because Ali's wife married, she got married to Ali, and she... I, uh, I think she, she she said in the interview they went to they went out of the country twice, and uh, but she can she didn't do the story of Ali's life after his boxing because she wasn't there. So yeah. Kenneth Burns did not since he did not bring me into the documentary they left out the untold story, and, uh, and okay. Ali had indicated Ali had indicated to me that 
that I would be the one that would be, that would write the untold story of him anyway. He had mentioned that to me in 1993. And that's when I told him I, I didn't think I was a writer. But he said, no, you're going to write a book. He said, they're all going to die, Ronnie, before you and I. And I told him, I said, you can't really determine what somebody's going to die. Only God does that. He said, I'm telling you, Marty, I'm dying from poverty. I'm telling you, I'm not. You and I are going to outlive them all. You're going to write a book after I pass away, and you're going to set the record straight. So I, mean, I wrote the book, and I'm in the process of doing the documentary uh, on Ali. With the documentary would indicate uh, Ali, uh, the U.S. government asking Ali to negotiate the, 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 the terrorists. Uh, uh, they had seven Americans being held in Beirut, and they was going to execute yeah. them. Ali went back. The Muhammad Ali delegation went back, and we negotiated that safe release. The TWA oh, crisis, they had 139 people on the airplane. They had killed the U.S. sailor and threw them off the plane. They had threatened the life of the 139 people. I remember that in the and news, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and we went back and negotiated with Israel because they wanted the 700 detainees, the Shiite detainees in the uh, Attica prison in Israel. They wanted them released. We went back and negotiated the safe release, and we saved the lives of uh, 139 Americans. And Ali also negotiated a ceasefire between the north and the south of the Sudan and, and renegotiated World Vision and Red Cross. Wow. See the children from you back into the Sudan because they had kicked them out since they were shipping weapons with food, negotiated to reach wow. and delivered 400 tons of food and medical supplies, brought the north and the south together, negotiated a ceasefire, the uh, uh, peace settlement, that peace lasted for 18 years. None of that was mentioned. Now he raised over $500 million for, for charities. None of that was mentioned they, in this document. And they didn't mention any of that. That's amazing. So, you know, that's so right. much, that's so much. Told story. And that's part of, and that's the, that's, how many that's, countries, that's in the book. How many countries well, do you think to, you guys travel to? We traveled to 42 countries. And 42 countries. Holy smokes. We, we oh. did a goodwill delegation to China on behalf of the U.S. government. We did a goodwill delegation to Africa. We did a goodwill delegation to uh, Japan. We did a goodwill delegation. Uh, Ali went to Russia. Uh, we went to South America. We went all over 42 countries. That's so, that's almost so, uh, half of the the top of your head, because we're out, we're out of time, and we ha- we have to have you back. I'm going to keep pestering you here. Uh, we got to give you back because there's too much, and uh, and we got to get together and we'll shoot some pool or whatever you do. And uh, so, you know, give you us a couple. You have, you, go ahead. Give, give go us ahead, a I'm couple sorry. things that you know. I mean, you've been to so many places. I mean, give us a couple that pops in your head that was kind of like interesting, uh, like or unusual that you went to this place or that place and you met maybe Bob Hope or whoever, you know, like something that pops in your head that was kind of different. Uh, A memory that's kind of like. I remember, I do remember when we were in Japan and uh, uh, the people in Japan, that part of the world, they just saw Bali. Anyway, but the people, like, the people in Japan, it was, we was down in a valley. We were just sightseeing, and the people heard that we was there. And they came over the top of the valley. All, see, all I can see is a wave of people coming, because we down in the valley. 
and we were surrounded and a wave of people was coming running down the running down the side of the hill, coming down into the valley from all sides. And Ali wow. told me, he said, You know, Marty, he said, Ali said, You better leave. I said, Why well, he said, You know how proud is. He said, They're not gonna hurt you, they're not gonna hurt me, he said, but they're gonna hurt you. <laughs> I said, I said, I don't wanna leave you, man. He said, Body, leave me. He said, Go, right now, go. And uh and I followed his instructions. And they got all over me. And I used to right there. He, as he signed as many autographs as he can until we got some additional security to come in, uh, police officers to come in and, and, and kind of loosen up the crowd. But I do recall Bruce Lee said that. Me, uh, he said, they go now. He said, with all, my, with all my martial arts experience, Bruce Lee said, I was helpless with my fans. There was just so many they would just pick them up or something. All right, just we gotta let you go. But real quick here, I'm gonna just throw something in. You and I were talking at the restaurant and uh and I and you mentioned a name and you saw you noticed that my eyes lit up. Uh because Muhammad Ali and me have a actor that in common, right? Do you remember? Uh okay, you may not remember. Victor Mature. Listen, we had, we we talked right. for hours. Uh uh, yeah. We've been above and beyond our normal talk. We talked for hours and we talked on the talk. You said we were at the restaurant. You mentioned somebody. You, I do. I do remember. We mentioned something that was in common with you and Ali. Uh, Victor, Victor Mature. Oh, Victor, Victor Mature, the actor. Sure was. <laughs> yeah, and and you mentioned it, it and you Victor said, you know, like, uh oh, yeah." You said oh, my eyes were, yeah. Victor Mature, Ali was. Uh, Ali was the, one of the biggest fans in the world of Victor Matua because Victor Matua came See? to Louisville. And, uh, and Ali thought yeah. Victor Matua could walk on water. He said, Monty, he said, Victor Matua? <laughs> and when we, when we met him in Rancho Santa Fe, down, down in San Diego, and brother, that was one of the biggest thrills of Ali's life, to sit there and talk to Victor Matua. And I know he's seen Samson and Delilah. I know he's seen that. Yeah, he saw Samson and Delilah. Oh, yeah. That's one but, of his uh, favorite movies. Samson and Delilah and the one with Bocart, Casablanca. He'll, he'll watch those, so, those old movies came on. He'll watch them every time. Oh, wow. Go ahead. Well, you know what? I, I knew this would happen. We're, we're like we have Carmelita's this corner here when we're about eight minutes over time. But I, you know, there's so much. We got to have you back because there's so much. And let's get together again, have have lunch, and uh, and I I'm, I'm glad briefly you had a chance to get in get in on this. I didn't get chance. We didn't get chance to read it. We didn't read it. We didn't get chance to talk with you at all. I know. I I have a, a few untold stories about Muhammad Ali. <laughs> no, I actually did. I met him a couple of times. There's no untold story. <laughs> okay. So let's do a, let's Maybe do a part time. two. <laughs> let's do a part two. Definitely. And I want to thank you for coming on. Let's do this now. Cause I, you know, cause, uh, Absolutely. I, 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 I hate to take up all the, all the time like that. I really do. No, no. You're, this is fun. And uh, let's let's get together again for lunch. And because uh, and I, I enjoyed uh, spending the afternoon there eating all this healthy food. Uh, but anyway, I, uh, we're going to have you back. And so, uh, you know, we're going to get you on, you know, there's a lot of stuff we can do. This is A-Game, an all-natural herbal dietary supplement formulated exclusively for men. Our proprietary blend was designed with one goal in mind, to improve your overall health, rejuvenating your vitality, energy, strength, and libido. 
want to be at your peak performance in everything you do? Then bring your A-game. Fast-acting, long-lasting, with no side effects. about to experience Carmelita's Corner. Carmelita's song, Rosebud, made it to the top 40s with the godfather of soul, James Brown. She's the founder of the Rose Breast Cancer Society. Now here's your host, Carmelita Pittman. Well, hello there, Radio Land. Here we are again, and I'm feeling grand. I've got a wonderful reason for feeling that way because I have a grand lady coming your way, and she's got a lot to say. And I want to welcome her today. She's left a big trail. She's a trailblazer. She has actually injected $15 billion into the city of Los Angeles and she's also been responsible for uh, bringing in housing for the homeless, at least 6,000 units for the homeless and the mentally challenged. And she's just done so much to make Los Angeles a better place. And she's also uh, has uh, been instrumental in bringing in parks and beautiful places for us to enjoy. So uh, with no further ado, I want to introduce you to my friend Jan Perry, who is running for office as a congresswoman to take the seat of Representative Karen Bass. And we do need to support her. She's got so many wonderful things for the world, not just America. Okay, so on that note, I want to introduce Jan Perry. Are you there? Yes, I am. Good morning, Carmelita. How are you? Good morning, Jan. All right. Do you like that applause? Yeah, I I love the applause. It's great. (laughs) It's very nice. I like it a lot. (laughs) Well, you deserve all of that. And, and, you know, it was so great listening to you the other day at at the home of Joanne Williams. My goodness, what a lovely home she has in View Park. And and you had so many wonderful things to say. Can you share some of that with our listening audience? Because they need to know why they need to get behind you to put you in that Mm -hmm. seat, the Congresswoman Karen Bass's seat. Yes, and, and as you know, just for the record, Karen uh, has uh, is running for mayor of the city of Los Angeles, so it's an open seat. I, I'm yeah, so people can vote for whoever they want to vote for, uh, because she's running for mayor now. So she's filed papers and withdrawn from running for re-election for Congress and is running for mayor. So for me, I am very very interested. You know, my you mentioned my record. And uh, one thing I, I just wanted to share with people, because they probably don't know, I always wanted to bring more nature and uh, a respite to people in South L.A., South Los Angeles. So I built two wetlands in South Los Angeles, and they're packed with rabbits and turtles and geese and ducks. And one is located at Slauson 
and Compton inside the Augustus Hawkins Park. And the other one is located at 54th and Avalon. Um, that one's actually named after me. And uh, I'm so happy it's raining today because that means that the water level will rise and we'll get more birds and, and, and wildlife over there. But I'm running for Congress because I believe all of the work that I have done for 12 years as a councilwoman uh, puts me in a unique position to understand how to build affordable housing. I built 6,000 units over 12 years, and 1,300 of those were for people who were homeless. I know how to assemble funding. I know how to work with nonprofit housing developers, and I also know how to legislate. Um, on top of that, I worked on the uh, uh, exposition line to bring light rail into South Los Angeles as we continue to build out, build out our light rail system, even uh, coming out of COVID, we still have to continue to move forward to make sure that everybody has the same opportunity to be able to travel throughout the city, work where they want to work, and that a zip code doesn't de determine the, the quality of your life. Um, we're going to deal with a lot of economic and mental health recovery issues because of the pandemic, and I want to put my feet firmly uh, planted in the midst of that as a congresswoman and work on closing the gap on wage disparities uh, and, and, and work hard to create a national minimum wage and basic income programs. I think that COVID exposed the disparities that our frontline workers, our emergency workers, our, the people who keep our lives running, the teachers, the nurses, uh, even people in the restaurants, all of that, I think we realize now how important they are in our lives and they need to be paid much more uh, because they were on the front lines of the pandemic. Um, and as you can see, a lot of them aren't coming back to work, so we need to help people find their way back to work and to find their way back with a uh, higher uh, hourly wage. And of course, as a congresswoman, I'll be looking at funding mental health programs and a much more robust mental health benefit in Medicare for all the proposals that I want to put forward. Well, why don't I stop there and see if you have some other questions? Well, you know, I don't know if uh, it's, if uh, we can set up the open lines for people to call in or, or at least to text in questions, uh, which I could probably pick up. But you really have said a mouthful, and I hope that our listening audience will realize that you are the right choice without a doubt. That's one of the reasons why I have gotten behind you. As you know, I, I just really respect and love you. And, uh, you know, we've got some wonderful people behind you, like Dr. Cheryl and Lee. And uh, we're, we're just really happy to see you in the race. Uh, you've done so much already for Los Angeles. And on your record alone, 12 years in the Ninth District as Councilwoman, you have shown you don't just talk, but you walk your talk. Oh, no, I believe in deliverables. I believe in results. Uh, I have never been the type of elected official who just talks about ideas. I don't even bring up an idea unless I know that I can actually fund it, f find it, fund it, build it, deliver it, make sure that it gets built out so that people's lives are, are left better uh, by my efforts, and of course, my efforts are always collaborative. I work with the community. I, I no one gets gets through this by themselves, uh, and the best ideas 
come when you listen to the community. Yes, absolutely, and you've you've demonstrated that you are a good listener. Um, Some -hmm. of the other items that I've noticed on your website that you haven't mentioned is that you're going to build a – a sane foreign policy. I mean, you know, we we can use some sanity uh, with uh, you know our foreign policy, and and definitely now, as as you know, we can see we're at at a point in our history where you know uh, decisions that are sane are going to definitely make a difference. Whether we even survive as a world. You know, because right now it looks like we're yeah. sitting on a powder keg, you know, with one insane person. I won't mention his name. I think most everybody knows who yeah. I'm talking about. No point. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so. well, I mean, I think we have to understand our global economy and how we are all interconnected. And if you ever had any doubts about the connection, all you need to do is go out to uh, go down to San Pedro to the port of Los Angeles and look out there and see all the ships that are still waiting to come in with goods uh, that maybe you want but have not been able to get for months, uh, including cars and refrigerators, microwaves, maybe televisions, uh, printers, things like that. So, you know, as like it or not, we are connected uh, to the rest of the world. And, you know, when there is a conflict anywhere in the world, we will be impacted. Uh, the price of gas has already gone up rapidly. And I don't know about you, but I have given a lot more thought to how much I'm going to drive and where I'm going to go and consolidating my tasks so that I can conserve gas as much as possible. Um, And so for me, you know, you not only have to understand foreign policy and and especially saving people's lives, everyone's lives, as much as possible, uh, but also what it does to us here domestically. Yes, absolutely. And tell us uh, what you plan to do about making the health care affordable to all. Well, I'm a big proponent of, uh, you know, health care for all and uh, Medicare for all. And as we, like I said earlier, when we are coming out of this pandemic, which has been, I don't think we even realize the depth to which it has uh, really affected us. Um, and we still don't know the long-term effects of what COVID will have on people's health and on their mental health. Uh, And so, you know, we're going to have to be much broader in our approach uh, to bringing people forward and getting them on stable ground. Uh, I think the most egregious example is um, children who were in remote learning and may have not had access to technology. Parents were stressed. Kids were stressed. Children have fallen behind. there needs to be that health care support there um, to be able to provide families that support they need to be able to recover from all of this and go back to work and the kids can go back to school. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be very mindful of that as I argue for a broader application of uh, health care policy. Yes, and we definitely need. Yes, we we definitely need that. Speaking of crisis, as a former LA Unified School District uh, teacher, I I taught for nearly 25 years. I've experienced, you know, what some of the teachers are complaining about now. Unfortunately, some of them are leaving uh, because they have been physically attacked, 
as well as verbally yeah. attacked. And a lot of that's been brought on by the media with, uh, you know, this coverage of, of the insanity of people who have been combative in the school board meetings and people taking sides. And, you know, instead of it being a normal school board meeting, it looks like it's been turned into a boxing match between the people who are against masks and the people who yeah. are for masks or the anti-vax. Or, you know, it's crazy, you know. And unfortunately, it's spilled well, over into the classrooms and these teachers, and not just yeah. the teachers, but the uh, cafeteria workers or anybody else, the school mm-hmm. personnel, right. they, they've also been under attack, literally. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the ones who kept things operational, and we should give them, uh, extend them a debt of gratitude because without them, you know, the kids would not have been able to continue whatever uh, education they could, even without broadband and internet access and so uh they need to they need to uh be respected and compensated accordingly and that that goes for all the people who are in the uh uh chain of delivering services to young people so that their education could continue uh with minimal disruption yes and listen jan you know the issues i'm going to focus on yes and as they say when you're having a good time the time does fly and uh, I was hoping we could actually open up the uh, the line so some callers could could reach out to you directly. But looking at the clock, I think we're going to have to say goodbye. But uh, please give us the website that people can uh, okay. uh, get to. All right, it's janperry.com. Easy enough, janperry.com. Right, and contact you me your there, name. and I'll send me a message. Yes, Jan and, Perry, and, J-A-N-P-E-R-R-Y. Yeah. yeah, I was just going to ask you to spell out the name, J-A-N-P-E-R-R-Y P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Yeah. And it's very easy to yeah. get to you that way. And I have visited your website, and it looks very good, Jan. It does. Thank You've you. A, yes, Thank it you. looks very good. So I encourage everybody, get behind Jan Perry, folks. You'll be very, very happy that you did. So on that note, I want to thank you for being a great guest and and hope to see you again soon. You will. Thank you, Carmelita. And thank you, Carmelita's Corner. (laughs) Okay. Smartphone, cell phone, PC, Mac, tablet, iPad. That's right. It's tech time. Well, I hate to keep harping on something, but every day thousands of Americans are duped out of money, their identity is stolen, their computer has been hacked, and it's getting worse, ladies and gentlemen. It's getting worse. So just a couple of tips. You may have heard them before. You may have even been a bit victim of them before. But keep your passwords and your website secret. Do not tell people. I don't care who it is, your best friend. Don't tell anybody what your passwords are on anything that you connect to, especially financial things. If someone can get into your bank account, they can wreak havoc with your life. Not only your bank account, 
but your uh, any type of financial information, your loan payments, your car payments. <clears throat> I don't know how to do it, but the bad guys do. And us normal people just assume that everybody's nice and honest like we are. They are not. You will get emails that say they're from your friends, say it's from your banking institute, say it's from PayPal, say that it's from any number of the websites that you do visit. I will get uh, things saying, oh, your Amazon account has been compromised, so we need you to send us all your information so we can rectify this. Don't. Don't push that button. Go directly to the company that it's saying that it is, in this case, Amazon. Go to Amazon and see if you're honestly locked out. If you're not locked out, it is a scam. They've gotten so good that now you don't even have to click on a link for them to be able to trace it back and get in the back door of your account or that website. So all you so you just have to be very cautious and be aware. Don't just click on links. Go to the actual websites and check. See if your account has been compromised. It may have. Then you need to go to that particular merchant or website and rectify it. I can't emphasize hard enough. I have to click on things that, of people that I don't know because of the business that I'm in. But if you just use your web, your computer for just simple things, banking maybe and a few online purchases, you don't have to answer all those offers. They're not going to give you a lower price on your insurance more than likely. They're going to sell your email and then you're going to get inundated by all the insurance companies in the world. Be wise, hesitate, think before you push, and don't let your own personal greed, I'm guilty, drive you into saying, oh, I'm going to buy that because the price is too good to be true. The price is too good to be true. Don't go there. Again, they're saying that foreign countries are targeting us. Just be aware, ladies and gentlemen. And that is my tech time for right now. And let's move on to Jim's Jim. Okay, baby okay, boomers, baby it's boomers. time it's for Jim from Jim. And thank you, Risa Yoda Gray, for all those words of wisdom. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about consistency here. One of the things you want to be consistent in, especially for you younger viewers, and when I'm talking about younger, I'm talking about people under 60, okay? Uh, consistency, especially for retirement. I can't get it through or make it more clear that if, if you people are younger, like 30, 40, 50 years old, if you start a little thing going, you're going to have lots going on when you get our age and that's in the 70s you know because when you start at our age they want an awful lot just to get a little bit back but when you start in the 30s 40s 50s i mean even if if you start at 50 
in 20, 25 years, you've got a nice little nest egg put together. And they, there's all these situations that match it. And so, you know, like on our Wall of Fame, we've got uh, Kate Linder, Kevin Serbo, Hawthorne James, Raz B from B2K, Bill Duke, Retha herself, Sharon Lecter, Les Brown, and many, many more. But for this little talk that we're doing now, somebody named Jerry Kane. Uh, we've had him on the show several times. He can get you on track for a, a secure future. And I I know you don't think of that when you're younger, you know. Of course, you do when you're older. And when you do, you're going to be sitting back going, boy, I'm glad I did that because it definitely makes life, diff- life different. So I'm going to throw th- a couple of things at you. Uh, they asked, what uh, what are some good investments and what are, well, first I'm going to tell you what they are. I went to bankrate.com to get the definitions. They they give you a couple, of, they consider them the uh, best investments for 2022. It's their opinion. You know, to, you, basically they say take it with a grain of salt, make up your own mind. So basically why invest, investing can provide you with another source of income, fund your retirement, or even get you out of financial jams. And, you know, so we're going to go over a couple of these and what they recommend. A high-yield savings account, short-term certificates of deposit. Another one is short-term government bond funds, series uh, series I bonds, short-term corporate bond funds, S&B 500 index funds. And don't forget, you don't have to worry about taking notes. Just go to the archive show and you can get all this stuff. Dividend, dividend stock funds, value stock funds, NASDAQ 100 index funds, rental housing, cryptocurrency. So, like I say, just go back and you hear all these. I'm just going to give you a little idea what they are. I mentioned high-yield savings account. A high-yield online savings account pays you interest on your cash balance. And just like a savings account, earning pennies at your brick-and-mortar bank. High-yield online savings accounts are accessible vehicles for your cash. All right. Uh, A high-yield savings account works uh, well for risk adverse investors, especially for those who need money in a short term and want to uh, avoid the risk that they won't get their money back. All right. The short term certificates of deposits, uh, certificate of deposit or CD are issued by banks and generally <clears throat> offer a higher interest rate than a savings account and short term CDs may be better options when you expect rates to rise, allowing your reinvestment at a higher rate when CDs mature. Okay, let's go down to, because uh, I've had text, what is this, what is that? All right, this is where you want to call, some, you know, check out Jerry Kane, because he understands this more than I do. I'm just relating what they are. All right, a short-term government bond. Government bond funds are mutual fund or ETFs that invest in debt securities issued by the U.S. government and its agencies, like a short-term CD, short-term government bonds, uh, they don't expose you to much risk if interest rates rise, and they're expected to do that in 2022. Uh, yeah, well, they're definitely going up. Series bonds, okay. I've had specific Texas. What is a series bond? Well, the U.S. Treasury issues savings bonds for individual investors. And an interesting option for 2022 is the Series 1 bond. 
uh, no, I don't know if it's Series I or Series One. It goes to show you. You go ask Jerry that stuff. The bond helps build in protection against inflation, which is a good thing because we all have been <laughs> feeling the impact of inflation. Uh, if inflation rises, so does the payout. So you can check out the series bond, series I bond. Short-term corporate bond funds. Corporations sometimes raise money by issuing bonds to investors, and these can be packaged into bond funds that own bonds issued by potentially hundreds of corporations. Short-term bonds have an average maturity of one to five years which makes them less susceptible to interest rate fluctuations. And then we have the S&P 500 index popular. If you want to achieve higher returns than more traditional banking products or bonds, a good alternative is the S&P 500 index fund. So it does come with a more volatility. And then you have, uh, now, as far as, uh, as far as the uh, best investment for the S&P 500, the risk and where to get it and all that, uh, you can go to bankrate.com. They go into more details, but I just have so much time here. The dividend stock funds, enter your stock market investment, or even your stock market investment can become a little safer with stocks that pay dividends. Dividends are portions of a company's profit that can be paid out to shareholders, usually on a quarterly basis. With dividend stock, not only can you gain your investment through long-term market appreciation, you'll also earn cash in short term. All right, so then you've got the value stock funds. Some of these aren't as popular as you know as others, but some of them are pretty interesting. With the run-up in many stocks, in the last couple of years, potentially leading to significant overvaluation, many investors are wondering where they can put their investment dollar. Value stock funds may be a good option. These funds invest in value stocks. Uh, those are more bargain priced than others in the market. Best value stock tend to do better than interest rates when interest rates are rising as they expected to do, as we talked about in 2022. Uh, NASDAQ, now we got the NASDAQ 100 index fund. So a lot of you are familiar with NASDAQ. An index fund based on the NASDAQ 100 is a great choice for investors who want to have exposures to some of the biggest and best tech companies. See, that's just for the interest on that and find out what's going on. It's good to look into the index funds for NASDAQ. Without having to pick the winners and losers and having analyzed specific companies, uh, the fund is based on the NASDAQ 100's largest companies, meaning they're the most successful and stable. Okay, so now you got a, a different ball game here. Rental housing. Rental housing can be a great investment if you have the willingness to manage your own property, and with mortgage rates still at all-time lows, which are, it could be a great time to invest and purchase a new property. Uh, okay, before you get into that, there's a lot of stuff you have to know. Uh, when you rent, when you buy a house, or you say you own a house, you can buy a second house and you have a rental property. Oh, I'm taking a breath on that one. you got to be careful. All right, got to know what you're doing. Uh, you want to rent an area that you, it, it could be a good rental area where there's work and 
maybe recreation, you know, are you running to the boomer market? Be very careful and do your homework where you're running to. Somebody could move in and pay the rent, maybe up front for three months, and then sit there for a year and not pay rent. They call them squatters. And in that time that goes by, it's difficult sometimes dealing with those people, and you have to continue paying your, your payment. But with that, we're going to move on. I just wanted to give you some tips when it comes to investing. Be careful because we're going to be doing reports on seniors that invest, and it turns out it was a bad investment, and they lose their life savings. It starts out with small amounts, five, ten thousand, 10000 and they keep luring them in for more and more. Hold on to your money. Don't let it go anywhere. And uh, if you have whatever you have in the bank, Try to add a little bit to it some way or another. If you have an income, oh, I can't save any money. Well, just pretend 5% of the income wasn't there. Keep putting it in there. Like I've said before on the show, if you can't invest anything else, invest in paying a little bit more on your utility bills, on the essentials. Uh, pay 25% or 50% more if you have a, say you have a $100, I don't know, gas bill. Uh, pay $25 or $50 more on that gas bill every month and forget about it. Just keep putting it on there. Before you know it, you're a year ahead on, on your utility bills. And then after that, paying the normal payment. But if anything happens, you're a year ahead. And it's very easy to get a year ahead. Say, how, how are you, where are you set this month? You look at your bills. Oh, you wake up in the morning. All my bills are paid. Well, you know, maybe not the mortgage, but uh, they're paid a year in advance. Well, people say, oh, that's a big deal. No, it's not. All you do is throw a couple bucks every once in a while after your gas, electric, phone bill, and uh, it adds up fast at 20 or $50. And before you know it, you're, you're way ahead. And so, but you want to get a savings going, uh, life insurance or whatever. And like you say, uh, look up Jerry, Jerry Kane at Wall of Fame. He's, boy, he's really knowledgeable about that. And he goes into much more detail. So with that, uh, we're going to have to wrap it up with Radio Boomers Live. And uh, we want to thank, you know, over the years, you know, we've had so many interesting guests. And the problem when I had Dr. Uh, Mahadi on is, you know, how can you have somebody like that on? Well, like a, a lot of our guests, we have this. But with him, I didn't want to let him go. We're already almost eight minutes over. But he has so many interesting stories, and he's such an interesting person to talk to. And uh, but we we're going to have more shows, and we're going to have more guests. Ruth and I just uh, we're rocking and rolling with Radio Boomers Live, and uh, sometime I'll have Ruth on as a guest. That'd be fun. But go to the Easy Way <laughs> Wall of Fame, and uh, Ruth, yeah, that's what we got to do. Because you mentioned one time it was interesting. Uh, hey, Ruth, what's it like when you go to audition now compared to like 30 years ago? And Risa said, well, it's different because, you know, you get 50 or 100 people. Who knows how many go? But now you got people that are online going for the audition via the Internet, you know, via virtual. Isn't that right, Reese? All over the world. It's amazing. People can audition from anywhere. You tape it at home and then you send it in. So literally the world has become very small and they can audition I've done, I've shot things in um, Sacramento and in Dallas, Texas during the pandemic because they were taking remote auditions, which I never would have had the opportunity to audition for. So 
Yeah, it's different. I so could talk little, about acting all day. <laughs> <laughs> so you put a little green screen up in your house, huh? Absolutely. Have a green screen, have backdrop, all kinds of things. So you do your song people, and dance. If you're gonna be if you're gonna be an actor nowadays, you have to be a location manager, a set decorator, a cinematographer, a director. You gotta be it all. Just for your audition. So do the people downstairs complain, Ruth? I have very Enrique's wondering if you complain neighbors. about what? I, I mean, if no, you're dancing, you I have been screaming, and I like doing them late at night. And then I'll realize, oh, there's a loud scream in the middle of this thing. And so, but they're very kind, and they ignore me. <laughs> but at any rate, Jim, we are out of time. We are, we are out of time. Morning at 10 a.m. We uh, talk about all things human, but from a baby boomer's perspective, uh, you need to drop in on the Easy Way Wall of Fame. There's all kinds of people there. You, now, you talk about doing auditions from home. You can network from home on the Easy Way Wall of Fame. You can just uh, cruise through amazing, and yeah. browse through and meet all kinds of people. And there's so many. I mean, we're talking, you know, several hundred thousand a month coming in. And uh, it, it, the, the technology I created with this, I give him a lot of credit. I don't know how he does all this stuff. He didn't get it from me. Like I said, I've told you before, <laughs> I am still impressed by the television set, period. I don't know how all this stuff works. <laughs> but Hollywood Weekly event coming up April 3rd. Okay, so we're going to be, uh, that's going to be posted everywhere. But like Rita said, and like Carmelita says, you know, time's rolling by and time to get on the old horse and take off. And until next Monday morning, Reith, Monday morning, 10 o'clock to 11, Reith and I will be here on Radio Boomers Live. So keep moving, keep the faith, and Radio Boomers Live is signing out. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Radio Boomers Live with your host, Rita Gray, star Betty White's Off Their Rockers, and EZ's dad, Jim Zuli. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Radio Boomers Live. Radio Boomers Live is brought to you by the Easy Way Broadcasting Network. That's the letter E, the letter Z, Broadcasting Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.